This is episode six of the journal series and documents the second two weeks of March. Essentially, it's a voyage into my psyche and my intention is that it will highlight the way that someone who's had mental health challenges for the last 30 years thinks. And it'll raise awareness and it will banish the stigma surrounding mental health. And it will connect with people who may be out there thinking they're completely alone and it's just them. And I can think of lots of other things. All in all, though, it gives me a purpose. Hopefully, I will be able to identify trends in the way that I think and also explore how best to adapt. Or maybe somebody else could help me. I have had depression, anxiety, eating disorders and dysmorphia to varying degrees. They ebb and flow and the thoughts that I write and record reflect that. I'm now recording the journal entry immediately after I've written it in the hope that it'll shortcut the time frame in which I can act to address it, whether that's a good thought or a bad thought. I'm recording this before any of the entries, so I've no idea what the next couple of weeks might bring. But whatever, the shareable bits will be recorded. There is a caveat in that I won't share some things if they readily identify other people. These are my thoughts about situations and not a reflection on the situations themselves. Thinking back over the weekend, and I really should stop using Saturday and Sunday mornings to scroll through social media while having a first cup of coffee. Perhaps I should replace it with a run, like every other day, but I'm not sure which would do the most long-term damage. I do feel awkward about suddenly butting back into groups where I've been a lurker for a while. Should I announce my reappearance or not? Hey guys, sorry I've not been around for a while, is a bit presumptuous. Guys may have been glad to see the back of me and therefore my apologies are both unnecessary and unwelcome. Should I just pretend that I've been here all along and not purposely avoiding it because it's immensely triggering or just join in the conversation like I know exactly what's going on? The latter is unlikely because I'd be worried about going over old ground and annoying people with my lack of insight or keeping up. I could just bowl in there with a completely insensitive remark without knowing any better. It's a tricky one. I'm thinking how I would deal with it in a real life situation, and I'm pretty sure I wouldn't walk into a room of people I'd not spoken to for any length of the time with jazz hands and a big white tooth smile and a wink and a nod. Imagine if it was awake, for example. How inappropriate would that be? I think I'd be more likely to find the darkest corner and hide until I absorbed the atmosphere and could interact empathetically. Or... I might pretend that I didn't feel awkward at all and not even acknowledge my lack of interaction and just carry on regardless. Or I might choose to stand out in the corridor, but people listening behind closed doors never hear good of themselves, so the saying goes. But that would assume that I was worth talking about in the first place. Big ego or victim mentality. I think the conclusion that I've come to with this is sometimes I have social anxiety, both in real life and online. I don't want things to get back to normal. I have to go back to face-to-face meetings again and I don't want to. I've got time to plan for this, but it's details like I won't be able to get to bed at the usual time and I worry that I'll be too tired and that my concentration will go and that people will want to have conversations with me. I'll need to look presentable and I just might not be able to keep the mask on. It's exhausting. It's exhausting just thinking about it. 
I'm desperately trying to look on the bright side here. Um, remember that it's only just a fraction of my job and that it will be okay. And of course, I'll just get on with it. The advert for the job that I just resigned from has been published. I've already had one phishing message from someone that I know. I think that people think there's some sort of conspiracy or an issue, but all it is is my decision and ultimately for my well-being. But that doesn't stop me feeling guilty. I'm imagining all sorts of unhelpful things and I know that I just need to get some perspective on the whole situation and that it's just really overwhelm. So I'm going to try some breathing exercises now. Lesson learned this morning, check the temperature before you go out on a run at dawn. Just because it was 10 degrees yesterday doesn't mean that it will be today. It was about two degrees and there was frost on the grass. I was out for about an hour and a quarter and from about halfway round, I completely lost the feeling in my hands. Even my phone and watch seemed to object to the cold and they went all strange on me too. On the plus side, I didn't get hot and sweaty. Being Wednesday, I need to watch what I eat. It's the day of the week when I usually eat more than I should do. Some would call it binge eating, but it isn't. It's not out of control. Well, it is, but not to the extent that I think the word binge is justified and I really hate that word anyway. Yesterday was horrendous food-wise. I just wanted to eat all day long, but I managed to control it just about. It was really hard work though. Luckily, I managed to get engrossed in my work, which distracted me away from it. But why did I want to do that in the first place? What am I missing that makes me think that I can control my emotions with food? Distraction is only a short-term solution, and in fact, not a solution at all, because it's not examining the root cause. The search continues. I've just come back from the village and I'm wondering how long I can get away with going there with a face mask, hat and sunglasses on. I think I'll have to lose the hat soon because it's getting warmer, but that won't solve the issue of the sunglasses getting steamed up. I don't even have to be going into a shop, it just saves unnecessary interaction. I also had a bit of a dilemma when I walked past the food bank because there was a box of blackened bananas. Personally, I prefer a ripe banana and I put them in my protein shakes. So I quite like to take a few to freeze. There are plenty there. But then I start thinking that I might be denying someone else. And my thoughts are that I could take some as long as I replace it with something else. But what if people see me and think I'm stealing it or think I'm greedy because I can afford to buy my own bananas, which I can. I rarely see anyone at the food bank and I don't want those bananas to go to waste because I could make use for them, but it feels wrong and selfish for me to go and get them. I just, I can't stop thinking about these bananas. I know that you're watching me, but I'm not sure how to take it. Is it a shot across my bowels? Do you think I oughtn't be doing this? Are you worried that I may bring something into disrepute? Or is it curiosity and insight? I'm hoping the latter, but paranoia tells me otherwise. But I'm feeling pessimistic this morning. Um, part of that pessimism is due to a strength training session that I attempted this morning that I absolutely hated. I actually abandoned it midway through because I couldn't be bothered. 
The good thing about this is that I could have and probably would have continued with it for the purpose of feeling less guilty about, for example, eating. But there was an ambivalence about it. But I'm still considering whether I can get through to dinner time without eating. Part of me wants me to do that. Part of me says, bad idea, just get on with it and get over it. I think I hate strength training more than I hate running. I can't even pretend to enjoy it, so why do I bother doing it? I know that the answer is to do with age-related muscle wastage and bone strength, but today I don't even care about that. I'm not even bothering to write this one down because it's just too many intrusive thoughts. But I think I've decided that while it's a massive inconvenience, me being alive, it would be an even more massive inconvenience if I was dead, because then I'd be putting people out. At least when I'm here, I can help people in some way, shape or form. But if I'm not, then that would be really inconvenient for some people. It's Monday now and Friday afternoon I just completely crashed out of things. I haven't written anything since Friday. Friday afternoon I ended up under a blanket. Just awful really. And I did manage to record um, a brain dump or noting as it's otherwise called where I have five minutes to just record whatever happens to be on my mind. And I did that for five minutes and I will share elements of what I wrote. I found that I wasn't able to articulate how I was feeling particularly well. So the massive, massive long gaps and also some things that are not really appropriate to share. So I've edited it down quite considerably and I still didn't have very much to say, which is quite surprising. Anyway, over the weekend, I've done jigsaw puzzles mainly and stayed away from social media or the computer or anything just to give my brain a break. And I feel better this morning. I feel not quite right. I can't explain how I feel, but it's better than it was on Friday. So that's that's good news. Things are looking up. So here's the brain dump recorded on Friday afternoon underneath a blanket on my phone. I can fully appreciate why people start drinking. I'd really like a drink, something quite strong, but it probably wouldn't do me any good because it'd make me feel a bit more miserable than I do now. I just feel nothing. No, I don't feel nothing. I feel upset, like I want to cry, but I don't want to cry because I don't know what I'm crying about. I just feel very lethargic, fat, ugly, lump of shite. I know I should be nice to myself because I don't deserve it. And I don't know what I've done not to deserve it. And it's the weekend and I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do at the weekend. How am I going to cope with not doing anything? What am I going to do to replace the feeling of 
having something constructive to do. I want to give my brain a break from work. But at the same time, I'm frightened to give it the space because I don't know what's going to fill that space, what horrible thoughts there'll be. I'm still in a what's the point mood. I'm on leave from my main job this week, so I have more time to fill. And I just seem to be elongating every other task to fill in the time. I've bought a new jigsaw puzzle, so that will occupy me in some of the downtime. All my jobs are having to be broken up into tiny, tiny chunks and on a task and finish basis. Otherwise, my mind is just off anywhere else. On my very slow run this morning, I went past a house with some funeral flowers in the garden. I thought one of the arrangements was of a bone, um, maybe a dog owner, but it turned out to be a spanner and it had the snap-on logo on it. I thought it was a little odd. I don't want any flowers at my funeral. I won't be there to see them. And I think they're a waste of money because they die. I never actually got dressed yesterday. I spent the whole day in my running kit, which I put on in the dark early in the morning. It's a shame that I didn't notice that my top was on inside out, especially as I went out walking a couple of times, including to the post box. Fortunately, when I went round the field, I'm not sure the dog walkers really noticed because they're too busy looking for the dog that I don't have as they assume that it must be running off its lead somewhere because you can't go and walk around a field if you don't have a dog. Yesterday afternoon, I had some me time. Fluffy, self-compassion shit. I painted my nails very carefully and very mindfully. Then I looked at my hands as a whole and thought, yeah, your nails look good. Shame about the wrinkly, veiny rest of your hands. I decided that was out of my control. But I'll do the painting again for the sake of the painting rather than the end result. And that got me thinking about makeup in general. I rarely wear it because I don't go anywhere where it matters and I can't be bothered. Same issue with the hair, really. My current attempts at putting makeup on make me resemble Alice Cooper. All I need to do is dye my hair black for the full effect. I wonder if I have some sort of makeover. I'll feel more confident and more likeable and acceptable as a person. But I don't even know where to start with getting that sort of thing organised. But it does sound like a positive idea. just seen a video of an outside radio broadcast from Christmas 2000 or thereabouts from a local radio station that I used to be tenuously involved with. That's in my traffic and travel broadcasting days. It was a switching on of the Christmas lights and there are crowds of people there. It had a colleague of mine in it who died a few years ago before her time. I still dream about when we all worked together because they were just such good times. It was when local radio was really local radio and not voice tracked from a central location. It was before DAB and there wasn't a great deal of choice of what to listen to. So completely different from now. I can't describe the way that this memory has made me feel. It is a good feeling. It's it's a feeling in a good way. I think part of it is grateful that I lived in those times. I access memories of those days so clearly now and, of course, 
the good times really stand out. But I also don't think that there were many bad times unless I've chosen to filter those out completely. Within the video, there are excerpts of songs that I still have on my playlist today, and that did make me feel old. Thinking about the filtering aspect, though, how can I make sure that the memories that I generate are always the good ones? The bad ones seem to be the most prevalent, and because of that, negatively affect my mood. So how can I ensure that these good memories are at the forefront when I can't even remember the events until I receive a trigger like I did with that video today? I feel totally different now to how I did an hour ago, having watched that video. I'm so grateful for all the people that I worked with, the work environment, the vibe and the fact that I'm still alive and my friend isn't. Part of the secret is the element of surprise. I wasn't expecting to have that trigger today. Nostalgia is best experienced randomly. It's like when you have that conversation with a friend and you say, do you remember when? And then the story starts and evolves as the level of detail and the long forgotten twists and turns are recollected. In an ideal world, I'd like to be able to schedule this feeling, but I can't schedule something that needs an element of surprise and the unknown. I need to bottle the feeling I've got today, which of course is completely impossible. So I'm going to settle for trying to manifest the feeling again during meditation or visualization. The end of another fortnight and I've calculated that doing this, both writing things in my journal and reading it out and reflecting on it is less than 2% of my time. So 98% of my time, things are good. You'd never guess it though from this podcast, but of course the length of this podcast, I kind of guess sums it up. So it's been an interesting couple of weeks really. I've been up and down. I'm feeling okay at the moment. I've got an idea for next week in that I am going to timetable things very, very, very closely to see whether that helps me um, balance out my life, making sure that I have some me time and work time. It could go one way or another. I have in the past tried things like this and I have to be very careful I don't get obsessed about it. But let's see. I love an experiment. Thank you for listening as ever. I appreciate it very much. It makes me feel like I'm valid, like I am not invisible and that I can be heard. In fact, forget the invisible bit because you can't see me, but I think you know what I'm on about. Until next time, kindest wishes. Bye-bye.